you're listening to Radio Maria England and this is Father Toby with your word for today and uh, to stir our reflections today I'm going to read the second half of our gospel from yesterday's mass from the Sunday of the the word of God and it's from Matthew chapter 4. From that moment Jesus began his preaching with the message Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were making a cast in the lake with their nets, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Going on from there, he saw another pair of brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. At once, leaving the boat and their father, they followed him. He went round the whole of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing all kinds of diseases and sickness among the people. One of the things we used to love doing when I was at school was having would-you-rather conversations, and they would range from the gross to the good, to the scary, to the completely unrealistic. So, for example, would you rather eat a sheep's eye or a cow's heart? I appreciate some people might think both of these delicacies, but these were definitely in our gross category. So was the school food itself, come to think of it. Or would you rather hit the winning six in the Ashes or score the winning goal in the World Cup final? This belonged perhaps to the good and to the unrealistic category. Or would you rather be attacked by a shark or a crocodile? Unless you're a very strange person, I needn't point out that this belongs to the scary category. Or... Would you rather go on a date with Claudia Schiffer or Cindy Crawford? The answer was Cindy for me, but sadly this was at the very far extreme of the completely unrealistic category. Now all these would-you-rathers were of rather little consequence, but there's a lot of would-you-rathers in our lives that really do matter. First disciples are faced with a would-you-rather in today's gospel. We might not think of it like that initially, but the would-you-rather is there. Would you rather carry on fishing and earning your keep, or would you rather follow Jesus? Would you rather get on with your life and not be bothered by God? Or to frame it another way, a more positive Christian way, do you want things to carry on just the same as they are? Or would you rather be invited and follow into a more perfect love? What are some of the would-you-rathers in your life right now, I wonder? Well, one might be, would you rather make the focus of your life the acquisition of things or the cultivation of relationships? Or would you rather stay up late watching that film or wake up fresh, not dreading the reality of the day ahead? Or would you rather pray or watch another YouTube video? Would you rather give money to a homeless shelter or have a new coat? For some people it could be both, 
but for some it won't. There are would-you-rathers going on in our life each day, and we need to be more explicit about them than I think we often are. We don't think about that many of them, because most of us operate on a default setting, where we're not constantly evaluating what I will do today, and when I will do it, and weighing up all the alternatives. And this is a good thing in the main way, because without routine, we either get paralyzed by all the choices we have of what to do, and we become completely listless, or our lives end up chaotic and out of control, and we're running around like headless chickens, exploring every single option. But most of us, if we're completely honest, have not given an enormous amount of thought to the basic pattern of our daily lives. For many of us, once the job choice and the where to live decision have been made, life just seems to happen to us. Maybe we plan the holidays, but how much of our daily living do we plan? Every now and then, we have to think, what is the routine of my life aiming at? What is its ultimate goal? What are all the little choices that make up life saying, I would rather have? Or if we're ask, really asking the question right, what are all the little choices that I make saying who I would rather be? You might know that people in religious life like Dominicans or Benedictine monks follow a rule of life. Now that's not just because we love living under lots of extra rules. I learned recently that the Latin word regular, from which we obviously get our word regular, and as well as the word rule, but this Latin word regular is associated with the bar or the trellis on which we might grow a plant. The point of a rule of life, like the point of the trellis, is to help the plant flourish, to grow tall and to spread out in an orderly way and not just end up a jumble of vines on the floor. Rules give structure, and without structure we cannot flourish, because without structure we go in all directions, which means we ultimately go in no direction. All of us then need a rule, and for those who live in families, we need to share a rule, else we'll grow apart. It's why our rule of St. Augustine that we Dominicans follow says we're supposed to eat together each day. And it's why families, as well as friends, should too. Mass is the coming together of a family to eat as well. It's the family of the church coming together to receive the bread of life. It's one of the reasons why, even though we should want to come to Mass, the church makes it a rule that we must come on a Sunday. Because the mass and the food we receive and the family we take our part in at the mass, this shapes our life, and it's too important to be optional. So often we might think that a life is defined by the big moments, the really big decisions. But actually, I think it's made up of the small stuff. The quality of our lives is really defined by the small routines that make up our days and weeks, in the same way that a life is more defined by the job you do 48 weeks a year than the holiday you take the other four. 
author Annie Dillard wrote, and this hit me quite hard, I have to admit, because I know very often I live in denial of it. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. A schedule, she says, defends from chaos and wind. It is a net for catching days. It is a scaffolding on which can stand, on which we can stand and labor with both hands at sections of time. But I wonder how often, especially in the way we use our phones, do we deny that what I am doing with this hour is what I am really doing? We can say to ourselves, I'm only ignoring the people I'm with just this one time. Normally I give my kids my full attention. Or I'm only missing the scenery just this one time. Next time I'll notice. Or I'm only passing by the person who needs me because my attention is somewhere other than where I am just this one time. We look at other people who seem to live their lives completely through their phones, ignoring their family, their friends, and those who are around them. And we say, I'm not one of those people. Really, I'm not. I value the people and places I'm in more than what's on my screen. Really, I do. It's just very, very important or, or very interesting on my phone right now. I'll give them my full attention shortly. I'll only be quick. But as Annie says... What we do with this hour is what we are doing. And we might add that what we are doing is what we are and what we're becoming. So you could ask, would you rather be fully engaged with the people you're with or halfway with them, halfway with some conversation online? I've laid out some of the would you rathers. No doubt you can think of others in your own life. I hope for all of us listening to this radio, that if we're asked, would you rather follow Jesus or have lots of money? Would you rather follow Jesus or have 50,000 followers? Would you rather follow Jesus or never go out of your comfort zone in loving? I hope that we'll all reply Jesus, or at least that we'd want to say Jesus, even if we know the reality of our lives looks a little different at the moment. Because sometimes we have to be honest. There can be the desire that if we were asked, like James and John, like Peter and Andrew, to follow Christ, to leave whatever we were doing him doing and to follow him in that moment, that we want to say yes. But we know that there are would you rather's that we are choosing and have chosen that make it harder for us to say yes. And so be honest about what your life says you love. We have to be honest about who we really follow at the moment in the light of the way we use our time and not just live with some notional idea of who we want to be. Being honest about what my life truly says right now is necessary for the repentance that Jesus preaches to really become words that speak to me and not just to some figures in the distant past. Jesus calls us to repent and to follow him, and that call is as urgent today as it always was.
And the call to follow is to follow now, not just to carry on with what you're doing for an hour or two longer, for a day, for a month, but to follow now. And so part of what I'd encourage each of us to do is to look at our lives and look at the deeper meaning of the little things we do each day and what they say about us in the would you rather questions. Those things we do every day tell a lot about what we truly believe, that is what our hearts believe, as opposed to what we say we believe in our heads. I've been reading a book lately about adopting a rule of life in our daily living, and the author quite rightly points out how we're engaged in way more liturgies, way more works of worship each day than we think. Liturgy and worship are not just things that happen in the church. There are many other liturgies that comprise our life. And I'll just close by sharing one liturgy, one habit of being that he mentions, a liturgy that manifests a wrong belief about the world that I know applies to me. There were others in the book, but this, I don't want the radio to be my confessional, so you're just going to get one bad habit in this homily. Here is the first one, though. Wake up exhausted again because I didn't get to bed on time. And if this is happening regularly for you, it is a habit. And the belief the author says this habit expresses is that I think I am not a creature. I believe I am not finite. I believe my body will be fine and that I am not limited. I believe essentially that I am a God. And as I read that, I knew it was true, but it also struck me for the first time just how bad, how bad the liturgy, the habit of going to bed too late is. It's not a virtue that I keep on getting by on too little sleep. Rather, it's a rejection of my bodiliness and of my limitations. It's a desire to escape how I've been created, which is a desire really to be a God to myself. Keep on going to bed too late and being exhausted and then hating being exhausted is to live in denial of reality, hoping that I might feel fresh tomorrow when it's just not going to happen without something changing. So I know one of the most important would you rathers for me to make explicit is the question, would I rather go to bed earlier and wake up feeling more excited about the day ahead and better able to pray? Because I know this would help me to follow Jesus better. And now I can be clear that when I choose to stay up late, I am saying that there is something in that moment that I would choose over following Jesus better. And I want to cut those choices out. And hopefully you do too. Let's pray for and support one another in making better choices so that all our would-you-rathers end in a I would rather Jesus. But just on one happier note, if that would-you-rather dates in Cindy Crawford or Claudia Schiffer were to come up once more, and if miraculously Cindy were to get in contact out of the blue and ask me on that date, I would say I would rather be a priest of Jesus Christ. 
And so now let's listen to uh, Follow Me by Casting Crowns. At the end of myself I'm empty and dry I have nothing to give But surrender inside Let down your nets This is not the end From now on you'll be Fishers of men Everything just follow me. 
Follow me. Follow.